on this episode of Her Wild Outdoors, Mackenzie Kroll on Instagram. She is Mackenzie in Minnesota, who is one of the founding members of Her Wilderness, is joining me to discuss how this all started. We met a almost a year ago, and the amount of growth her company has had in our community is astonishing. So enjoy the conversation, enjoy the lessons learned along the way, and let us know what you think. Thank you all for listening in to another episode of Her Wild Outdoors. Today, we have Mackenzie from Minnesota. That's your handle on Instagram. Um, and yes. Mackenzie, thank you so much for joining me on this episode. Yes, I appreciate you asking me. I know that, um, like you said, we've been trying to connect over like the past year to get <laughs> this done. So, um, but here we are, we're doing it. So thanks so much for having me, Amy. You're welcome. Now, Mackenzie and I met at ATA last year, and we had kind of talked a little bit before that and planned on meeting each other while we kind of crossed paths there. Um, but you... Uh, you are a part of starting a group called Her Wilderness. And so we're going to talk a little bit more about that later, but that's kind of how you got on my radar. And um, and man, your life from when we started talking last year until now has just, I mean, it's amazing how things change over a year, isn't it? Oh my gosh, 360 degree like turn. <laughs> like I left a full time job, now work for myself, like yeah. have, you know, financial freedom and freedom to do what I want when mm-hmm. I want. And um, it, it's amazing. It's truly amazing when you put your passion to work what it can do for you. So. Yeah. Well, I can't wait to talk about that. I do want people to kind of get an idea of who you are and how the outdoors came into your life. So just give us a little bit of background on you. Yeah. So when I was younger, um, I didn't grow up in a family that was hunting. Like we didn't do any sort of hunting when I was younger or any sort of fishing. My dad was a huge motorhead. Um, and so I was into like the cars and dirt bikes and stuff like that with him. Um, and as I got older, I met a boy, of course, and he introduced me into musky fishing and we did a lot of musky fishing together. And, um, he kind of took me down the journey of all the different options that the outdoors had to offer. Mm -hmm. And while our relationship ended, my passion for the outdoors and just fishing and wanting to try, you know, to shoot a bow and stuff like that was still there. Yeah. And so I tried to figure out Hey, how, how can I still do this? Even though, you know, he has all the equipment and he had the boat and he had all the things. How do I still try to get myself in the outdoors as like a single young woman? Yeah. Well, I surrounded myself with some friends. Um, and if I was a forever chapter, did some like sporting clay events with some other women, things like that. And, um, that's really kind of how it, it, I, I learned to love the passion like for myself and not for anybody else. Mm -hmm. And, um, and yeah, it's one of those things that hunting and fishing, there's so much depth to the sport. And I was just always so eager to try the next thing and learn more about the next thing. And uh, still today, five years later, I'm still today 
doing that. You yeah. Know, shooting my first handheld cream last weekend and other things like that. So. Oh, I'm so jealous. I'm so jealous. I saw that. And <laughs> I think I even did I send you a message? We uh, we I yeah. went out like I put in for tags this year and did not draw. And it was different this year because Tennessee has two ways that you can draw Sandhill Crane tags. One is you could go physically to a place and put your name in and almost everybody who went there drew tags. And then there was an online drawing where it was a little bit more, mm, you might get it, you might not, depending on points and all of that. So I was so excited. And then COVID shut down the in-person one and I went, and there go all my chances. <laughs> But I, yeah. <laughs> I did not draw one this year, and I hope next year that it'll be different. But it is some of the most amazing meat that you can ever try. It's yeah. so good. Truly, it is. Everybody's like, oh, ribeye of the sky, ribeye of the sky. But once you actually try it, you're like, oh, my gosh, they're not kidding. Like, this yeah. is better than a steak. Yeah, it's so good. <laughs> it's so good. But no, going back to what you were saying, you know, most of the women – our generation and before were introduced to hunting through a man. It yeah. makes me excited that the generations coming behind us, that there, it will be interesting to have conversations to those women, you know, 10, 15, 20, 30 years down the road and see how many women have introduced other women to hunting. And Amen. I'm excited for that as well. It is so exciting. But we don't discredit the men in our lives, whether those men stay in our lives or they move on or we lose them or we keep them, that they are still a part of our story moving through and evolving as hunters. And so big shout out to to the men that keep us going. Absolutely. And it's, and it's, it's a certain kind of man because some guys are like, yes. oh, it's guys weekend. You can't come. Yeah. And other guys are like, oh my gosh, you want to learn about this stuff? Of course you can come. Of course I'll be patient right. with you. Of course I'll, I'll show you how to load a gun. I'll show you, you know, this is how I aim and shoot when a bird is flying in front of me, things like that. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I am so incredibly thankful for the men in my life who have introduced me into the sport and who continue to introduce mm -hmm. me to new things within the sport. Yeah. Our community is definitely not one or the other. It is definitely a mixture. And uh, we we do very well working as a team uh, in this in this sport and in this passion that we love to be a part of. And um, but, yeah, I'm excited to hear more stories of women as we grow of learning from each other. And it's starting now. It really is starting now. And it's exciting. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Now you've had, you talked about a gentleman in your life that kind of introduced you to hunting, but do you have any mentors that you've been able to hunt alongside of who are like your go-to for asking questions or your, um, somebody you look up to or somebody that you're kind of following in the footsteps because you like me are a fairly new hunter. I'm coming up on maybe eight years since I got my hunter safety. So it's still under that decade mark. And so I'm still following behind people. I'm still learning from people as I always will be. But, um, do you have anybody in your life like that 
uh, who you'd like to either shout out to or just have a story about it? Yeah. Yeah. So I don't, I have, I would say I have many mentors yeah. um, because of the nature of how I hunt. Um, I am kind of place myself within guide services or within hunting mm-hmm. lodges. Yeah. Um, and so there's always different guides and different mentors at each location that I travel to. Um, but a big one for me would be Chuck Allington at the Watson hunting camp um, in Western Minnesota. He to me is the reason why I am where I am. My company is where it is. Um, he was willing to take a chance on me, take a chance on the girls um, from a simple phone call that I had with him a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and just the way that he is excited about hunting. He is eager to get more people involved in it. And um, when it comes to like rules, regulations, things like that, he's not necessarily somebody that I'm like call. And generally I'm just whoever I'm with. Yeah. Generally somebody will have that kind of answer and mm-hmm. be like, Oh yeah, I can explain you are like the difference of the three different sandhill cranes and like things like that. Right. Um, but when it comes to just a mentor in my life as a whole, I would definitely say, um, Chuck has been there from day one and supported me from day one, even though he barely even knew who I was. So I love that. Chuck. Thank you, Chuck. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I think that, yeah. um, it's kind of a hunting in general will throw you these little curveballs that are quite surprising and unexpected and yet are so life altering. Right. Um, yeah. so yeah. it's good to be able to, to call somebody out and say, you were there. You've been there. And thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Chuck is that person for me for sure. I've, I've talked to a couple of different women on different age levels, whether it was teenager up, and it really does make a difference on who's mentoring them, who they look up to. And a lot of times, even yeah. talking to uh, a teenager recently, um, she said, you know, I can tell who's real and not real. And a lot of it comes from transparency. And that doesn't mean being told every single bitty part of their life on Instagram. It's what they do behind the scenes. It's what they do when the, the camera is not on. It's, um, and I think that, uh, I think that means a lot when when younger people are even noticing that it um, it holds me responsible for what I'm doing behind the scenes. It holds me responsible for how I carry myself, even when a camera is not on or when um, nobody's around. Right. It depends on who you are when nobody's looking. And so. When I'm looking at people and I'm going through their Instagrams and through their social media or whatever, it's I'm I'm trying to look in between the lines for absolutely real person. And um and you are one of those people that that stood out. Um there are a couple of other people like Jana Waller, like uh Anna V, like there are a lot of people on my yeah. list. Um I could going crazy amounts of I mean Cindy the other Cindy who's on Instagram like there's just a ton of people that behind the scenes these women are really doing amazing work and so um, but along that way 
you hear of these lessons, you hear of these stories that go um, behind the works, you hear this, that, and the other. And some lessons are great. Some lessons are a great lesson that we learned from. Um, they're great stories. They're wonderful to hear. And then some lessons are just hard to walk through. So do you have any examples of like, what's something that stood out to you, positive and negative, that turned into something you learned from? Yeah. So, touching on what the teenager had said, it you know, <laughs> it depends on who's mentoring you, uh-huh. right? Yeah. Um, you can be brought up in a way um, that's ethical and sportsmanlike, and you can be brought up in a way that's not. One hundred percent. So, when your mind is doesn't know right from wrong at that point, and and you, you should a little bit. I mean, there's rules, there's regulations, there's things like that. Um, but when it actually comes down to it, is it is it a slap on the wrist or is it like, you know, all of a sudden you're getting a $500 fine and your hunting rights taken away. Mm-hmm. And that is something that had happened to me when I had first started hunting. Um, so back when I dated the gentleman who um, brought me into hunting, him and I were hunting deer on his private property and I ended up getting the baiting citation. Mm. And that was, I mean, if you, I told the um, conservation officer, I said, I'm pretty sure I'm using like my apprentice tag right now. Like I, I, you know, I, I've honestly never hunted before, so I don't really know right from wrong and blah, blah, blah. And granted, as a sportsman, that is something that you need to take very seriously is mm-hmm. knowing right from wrong and reading into your rules and reading into your regulations. Um, and yeah, it was, it was definitely an unfortunate deal for sure. But it happened and um, it's something that I have learned from and I've grown from. And it's really the reason why um, I'm doing what I'm doing now is to make sure women are set up for success to mm-hmm. know right from wrong and do and do the, the right things. So, right, right. And it's, yeah, that is that is a major thing for it, me was that was a lesson learned along the way. And it was hard. It was tough. And it, you know. Five years later, some people haven't gotten over it. And five years later, some people have. And here I am. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's it shows you a mistakes that are made carry with you for a long time. Um, Even though fines are paid, um, apologies are made, you have grown, lessons are learned, like even though you still carry it with you. And it's something to, like you said, you don't want that to happen to anybody else. You want people to know, hey, grow from my mistake. I'll know, like you're never going to make that mistake again, right? <laughs> that's that's no, a... <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And anybody who I mentor will never make that mistake because that's one of the first things that I will tell them. I'm pretty yeah. sure when you and I had met, it was like the first thing I said. Yeah, I was just like, so like <laughs> this is the <a> thing. <laughs> it's true. It's true though, and I think that being very careful as you mentor people or as you have people come underneath you or even people that go on hunts with you, um, making sure that, you know, I, I am still human. I still make mistakes. I don't want you to make the same mistakes as me, but you, I'm going to push you in a direction where you know that you and only you are responsible for you. And, Leaning on somebody else sometimes is not going to be enough. Leaning on me, I don't know. There could be a mistake that I make down the road. And so it's uh, it's something worth 
investigating on your own, even if you are told this, that, or the other. I went on a goose hunt last year, a conservation goose hunt, and the guide said, this is what you need. This is all that you need. And in my mind, I'm going, okay, I trust you. 100% I trust you, but um, I need to hear that for myself. And so I called up Missouri uh, Fish and Game and just confirmed what I needed to make sure that I was on the up and up, that I had everything squared away and um, and that it was what it was. And sometimes that's as easy as it needs to be, just making a simple phone call to uh, – to make sure you're good. <laughs> ahead yeah, of time. absolutely. And, that, and that's, our, that's our job though, as, as sportsmen and hunters and things yes. like that, that is our job to know. Um, and like, whether you agree with the regulations or not, they are what they are. Yeah. And we all have to move on and be happy about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and every state is different oh, and, yeah. that, and they change year after year. So when you get your hunting license for that state, pick up the book, and, you know, you don't have to read every single thing in there, but let's say you're going out hunting for waterfall in Texas, you better know the rules and regs for waterfall hunting in Texas. Right. And, you know, you're going to Minnesota, you better have a plug in your gun. There's, you know what I mean? Just things like that. Right. And there, we recently had a waterfall hunt with women and some of the girls showed up and they never had hunted waterfall before. So they'd never realized that a plug was a thing. And so, you know, we have 16 girls that are going waterfall hunting and we're explaining to them like, so these are certain rules and regulations, and that's what we do as a company for Her Wilderness is um, you just want to set you up for success and to know right and wrong. And um, yeah, it's, yeah, it's your responsibility as a hunter to know what's right, what's wrong. And it's hard because yeah. there's so much depth to the sport, like I said before. Um, you just have to be really intentional about seeking out that information and having a mentor who you trust is great. But making a phone call to the DNR is even better. It's, so. It really is. It really is. And like you said, it's different for every state. I mean, within Tennessee, it's different from the west side to the east side. Um, in west Tennessee, right. you can hunt a certain number of deer. In east Tennessee, it's completely different based on the county that you're in. And so it, the last thing that I want to happen is for me to do something that I'm not supposed to be doing. So it's right. a, a phone call is um, not a long, it, it won't take long to then prevent something from happening. So, um, so that is a huge lesson, Mackenzie. It's a big one. Yeah. Oh, totally. It's a big one. And yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I had to set out for a year of um, big game hunting in Minnesota and granted um, since then, I honestly haven't hunted big game. Mm -hmm. It's not a huge interest of me just because I do love, um, bird hunting. Mm -hmm. Um, but one day again, I know that I will, yeah. you know, try to target deer or whitetail in Minnesota and I'm, will be really excited for that day. And I will make sure that there's not corn around in the area that I'm sitting. <laughs> like, yeah. and I can laugh at it now. And back then it was a lot, a lot more serious, a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. Mm -hmm. Um, but now it's, it's everybody makes mistakes and everybody's human. And, um, uh, as long as you can learn and grow from it and push forward positively, yeah. it's okay. Like, you know, I'm, I'm not a bad person because I sat next to a pile of corn in a deer stand right. and XYZ is not a bad person because they didn't know they needed to plug in their gunners, you know, things yeah. like that. Yeah. You just have to understand you're learning and you're growing and, um, it is what it is. Just move forward positively. And as long as you're not out there, you know, it's, 
I feel like for the most part, when it comes down to things like that, it's always unintentional. There's no one out there who's like trying to be a bad person. You know right, what I mean? Right. I feel like for the most part, things are very unintentional. And if we can all take it with a grain of salt and be supportive and encouraging in a community of people, then we're good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I recently, what was it? Two weeks ago, I had, a, I went, it was one week ago. I went on a hunt with my husband and I got up in a stand and saw a deer, saw a doe and was going to harvest that doe. And I pulled the wrong trigger on my muzzleloader. I, it was the, it was the trigger that opens your gun in order to put your primer in. And I could not for the love of me figure out why the gun was not firing. And she ran off, blue ran off, ruined the whole evening of hunting. That was last light. And I realized what I had done and just went, dadgummit. Um, Because it was a simple mistake. It was a whole lot of nervousness and anxiousness coming into pulling a trigger on taking a harvest. But but it's a lesson I'll take with me. It, uh, It didn't have any major consequences other than not being able to harvest, but it was something that... I will never do again. Um, and so you right. can take something. Yes, you can take something that's very small like that. Um, or you can take something that is very serious about a violation. And you can either shut down and and never hunt again. And um, or you can get out there and, and grow from it. So it's, you can tell that you are on that latter side of it. And, um, and I don't think that it's ever taken lightly with you because of now you see how serious and important it is to mentor people going into it. Um, but it's, it would be nice for people to let that go and to say, Hey, everybody makes mistakes. Um, nobody got hurt in this one something very you were that you're very grateful for that that wasn't that kind of lesson but um but I'm grateful that you implemented that lesson into your company and the importance of it and the passion behind it and hopefully people can learn from it yeah absolutely I I sure do hope that there's a reason for it Mm -hmm. um and yeah being able to mentor other women um, is a huge part and it's, I can speak from experience and, mm-hmm. um, outside of hunting, there's plenty of other mistakes I've made in my life. And, um, and I'm able to relate to other people and I'm able to speak truth to other people because yeah. of the experiences that I've had. Um, and I, I don't think that mistakes make people bad people. I no. truly, truly believe that with my whole heart. I think that they make them even better people yeah. as long as they allow it to. Right. It's not the mistake that makes the person. It's how they they react after. It's how they deal with it, and it's how they move on and move forward. Exactly. So, exactly. Kudos, kudos to that. I also like we've talked about lessons, but you have had some some hunts in the past five years that I have followed along with in the past year and a half. But um, but what are some of your favorites that you've had? Oh, goodness. I know. That's a um, tough question. I've been asked that question, too. And it is to compile them all into one thought and then pick which one is the favorite. That's pretty difficult. They all have meaning behind them for me. 
absolutely. Um, right off the top of my head, it um, it wasn't like a big extrav- extravagant trip. Uh, me and my boyfriend, my current boyfriend, went out bow fishing one day, and um, we didn't like see much on the lake we took out the boat we were on the platform we didn't really see a ton on the lake but on the way back um we looked over and there was like a really shallow spot that like the lake ran off into and um we just saw like a bunch of carp surfacing over there Mm -hmm. and so he's like do you want to hop out of the truck and just like go shoot these from shore and I was like sure that sounds really fun and so I hop out I grab my bow just me he sat there and just watched and I just I mean I put the smack down on these carp it was like the most fun day and I'm like wading through the water knee and mud up to my knees and I'm just like fish are flopping everywhere and I'm just having the time of my life people are pulling over to watch me shoot these things um and it was just like it was cool because I knew that it was it was just me bow fishing mm-hmm. and just having a good time. And, you know, Sam was off on the road, just watching me hang out. Um, and it was just a different way for me to bow fish. So I've always bow fished off a boat. I've never done it from shore before. Mm-hmm. Um, I really enjoyed that a lot. Yeah. That was probably one of like, just one of those days where it like accidentally turned into like one of the best bow fishing that I have ever experienced. That's and pretty cool. And they carp was- fight. Carp are fighters. Oh, yeah. They are a fun catch. Absolutely. Yeah. They got, I mean, they, they don't want to die. <laughs> no. Fight until they, yeah. Yeah. And they know how to, you kind of, you kind of have to wear them down. It's not a, just reel them in. It's, um, yeah, they're definitely fighting for sure. And I can't, I've, I think my husband brought in a big old carp once when off the shore, like we were up on a waterfall and he brought had to climb down to the bottom to then um, release it because there was no way we could carry that back where we were. Um, but it was a long fight. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, man, that's yep. a, that's other than that, like you love fishing, but you also are you're a bird hunter. Yeah. So recently um, we took seven women out to Wyoming, Cody, Wyoming to do a waterfall hunt. Um, and it's not like we shot an amazing amount of birds, but Amy, just like the views of where I was hunting Mm -hmm. and like the placement of like the river hunting and the mountains in the background and like obviously the camaraderie between the seven girls. And it was just one of my favorite hunts I've ever been on. And I've never hunted Wyoming before. Like I've never really left Minnesota to go hunting a ton. Um, and Wyoming was just, it was absolutely a bucket list hunt for me. And I highly recommend, even if anybody listening doesn't go there to hunt, just to go there to see the mountain ranges and just see the sites. It's worth a beautiful it. state. Oh my gosh. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Um, the, uh, I've recently, this is my first year, um, bird hunting this past year was, and it was duck and goose. And it's like you said, it's the camaraderie, right? It's, uh, it's a very social style of hunting, which was different from where I was coming from as mainly a deer hunter, a solo deer hunter. So jumping into group hunting, um, it would, 
it's like comparing oranges and apples. It's it's 100 percent different, even though the passion is still underneath there as a hunter. Uh, the style of it is different. And I, I see that now. I'd heard it over and over about how social bird hunting can be. Um but I, I don't think I was prepared for it, and um, it made me want more. Definitely getting done with those hunts. Oh my gosh, it's so fun! And when you do get big flocks to work in and things like that, it's it's so cool just to have everybody sitting in like an A-frame blind together, or um, even layout blind, something like that. And everybody, you know, is just kind of talking back and forth with each other, having fun, hanging out. And then all of a sudden everybody's heads go down, everybody gets mm-hmm. quiet and you just see all these birds drop from the sky and yeah. everybody's hooting and hollering. And yeah, I, there's something about waterfall hunting that I, I don't think I'll ever get sick of it. It's no. just like, and every time you go, it's different because you're going with different people and you're, you know, targeting different types of birds, whether it be, you know, geese, snow goose, mallards, diver ducks, sandhill cranes, like it could just, the list could go on. Oh, and yeah. I just love it. Yeah, that's we I could not not go this year. I've got a duck hunt coming up in a couple of weeks with my brother before he goes overseas with the army. And I've got uh, two goose hunts planned for, um, let's see, that's the end of February, beginning of March for snow geese. Like it's very addicting. Uh It's very um very exciting not only to keep i mean we've got a long deer season here but to extend your ability to hunt by all of these different kinds of hunts is uh i i'm excited about it i'm excited about i think i went on a duck hunt last year in january and it was the tail end of the season and it was a lot of fun but there weren't a whole lot of ducks and so i'm excited to hit it in December and see how different, um, yeah, how different it might be. I just remember hearing, don't shoot the Tweety birds, um, because they come <laughs> flying <laughs> in the middle. Um, they want to go right in your decoy. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, but you know, I'd love to, I've always like these two hunts that these two duck hunts have been from, um, blinds on the water. And so it'd be really neat in the next year or so to try duck hunting in waders in the trees and the timber and try something a little bit different. So, uh, like you said, hunting is always evolving. There's always something that you can try new. And, uh, I think that's the best part of it. There's, you're never going to go on the same hunt. Uh, it's always going to be different. Yep. Yeah. And to hear you say that you've only ever hunted out of water. I'm telling you, Amy, there's nothing like killing ducks in the field. You got to try it. <laughs> I'll have to you got to add that to your list. Okay. Yep. I will add it to and my if list. And you have to come to Minnesota to do it, I will arrange it okay. for you. I promise. Come to Minnesota and we'll kill some mallards in a cornfield. That sounds great. I'll do it. Uh, I'll count, I will hold you to that because it that sounds like Absolutely. a blast. Oh, man. That kind of leads into where my next question for you and it's going to be a lot to talk about because her wilderness is it's a baby it's a it's a passion project and it's one that you're very very passionate about and very serious about and so I kind of want to hear you hinted into it, but give us just a little bit about the beginning of it and how it's grown because it has from the 
from when I first saw you guys and got my t-shirt and it was a big support and all of that to now um it's It's a world of a difference (laughs) it has grown exponentially so just tell us a little bit about the beginning of it and why why start it yeah so um as I mentioned I had left a relationship at the time and still wanted to figure out a way for me to get involved in the outdoors and um so from there, I had joined a Pheasants Forever chapter in Minnesota, and I had planned a sporting clay event um, for 32 women to go shoot sporting clays for the day. Mm-hmm. And it was successful, even though it was like not the best weather, it was rainy. All these girls still showed up, and we all had the best time together. And then they were moving on to plan a pheasant hunt and other things like that. And I'm not like a huge pheasant hunter. I definitely enjoy it. Um, but I much more would prefer bow fishing during that time of year. Mm -hmm. And so I had set up a bow fishing trip, like just myself personally, and, you know, invited all these girls, even some of the girls from that chapter and said, Hey, like come bow fishing with me. So I got 23 women to go bow fishing, um, with a couple of my guy friends and it was awesome. We all had so much fun. Girls shot fish. Some girls didn't, but bow fishing is one of those things where even if you're not shooting fish, just to be there to watch it all come together is still really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I posted those pictures, I think it was like just my Facebook page at the time, all these girls from all over the place were messaging me saying like, Hey, like when's your next event? Can you plan another bow fishing trip? Blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't have another event, but I could totally plan one. (laughs) So quick threw together another bow fishing trip for 20 more women to go out. And we had a blast and realized that between the sporting clay event and the bow fishing trips that I planned, that there was like a serious need for girls to have the opportunity to do things, no matter what it was. Right. Um, And so... I was working with my friend Molly at the time and we like kind of looked at each other and she's like, she's like, let's just like pick a name for this thing and we'll throw a logo together and we'll call it a business. And so her and I are back and forth for, I think it was two or three days talking about different names and stuff. And then, you know, I said her wilderness and we both were like, yes, mm-hmm. like that is what it is. Her yeah. wilderness. Yeah. And she came back with an awesome logo and we slapped it together. I called the state of Minnesota, registered as an LLC. And, um, you know, here we are a year and a half later. But within that year and a half, like you said, there's been so much growth. And there's just been, I mean, we posted, I want to say, I just posted this the other day. It was like, I think we posted 31 trips with other, over 400 women in attendance wow. in eight different states. Wow. Yep. Yes. In what, a year and a half, which is crazy. It is crazy. <laughs> but look at how far that <laughs> arm has reached. And like you yes. said, the need is there. The desire is there. And um, it's the same with this podcast. It's a way of closing in the space of distance between women who hunt. Uh, you're not... Yeah. It can feel so lonely sometimes when the demographic shows the number of how many men versus women. Even though women are growing so fast in this community, it's still so spread out that you might not know somebody 10 miles within 
your distance. It, you might not know anybody 100 miles within your distance who is another woman who hunts. And so creating events like this where people can come from all over and enjoy that camaraderie, that growth, that comfort of just being able to be themselves instead of, you know, with a group of men, which I love hunting with men. Um, that's all I've really known until this past year. It has a different air about it. It has a different comfort about it. And um, you can kind of let your guard down and relax a little bit. The I get asked that question, I think, more than any other question. Well, why do women need their own hunts? <laughs> and uh, it's not to leave men out. Hear me preach that. It is not to leave men out. It is to be able to learn from people who are not just like us, but more like us. And it's a way not to, I mean, men have their own hunts and I'm not going to sit here and say, well, why do you need your own hunt? It's, um, it's just something that we need. And there's a difference between me going to my husband and saying, hey, I'm going to go on this hunt. It's out of state. It's with 10 women. We're going to have a blast. Then me saying, hey, there's this hunt. It's out of state. It's with 10 men. Right? Right. Yep. Totally. <laughs> it, Absolutely agree with that. There's just a different air about it. And it has a lot to do with... Um, with respect for the women that I have followed, it's respect for the women that I'd love to hunt with. It's um, it's just different. And I feel more comfortable asking, and I'm putting this in quotations, you can't see it, asking a stupid question. Um, right. I feel more comfortable doing that with a group of women. And, you know, I mean, I can't go to a guy and say, hey, I'm... I'm going into bear country and what do I do if it's that time of the month? Like that's not, (laughs) there are valid questions and that is not a stupid question. I got a great answer about that when I asked it once and there is safety protocol for that kind of thing. And so those are the kind of questions that need to be asked that should be asked and for a woman not to ask it just because of a comfort level, it's not acceptable. So, um, I don't know. And I the, like the comfort is definitely a thing. And like the camaraderie, yes. when you get 10 women together, it's just going to be so much different yeah. than you get a group of eight men and a couple girls. Like it's just going to be different. Yeah. And just to speak to like some of the things that we do on our trips, like this last um, waterfall hunt not this coming not the weekend that's happening right now but the last waterfall we hunt at, um we did at watson it was so slow and there was no birds flying so all of us girls like hop out of the blind and we played the moo game and like where you get on all fours and you have to keep a straight face and moo as obnoxiously as you can without laughing and it's like that's not gonna happen with eight no. men i'm sorry but it's not no. but you get eight girls together and it's yeah it's yeah. game over and just you know, and the things that we can talk about and yeah, mm-hmm. the stupid questions we can ask and um and everybody like if one girl shoots her first duck, the amount of like celebrating that happens is just yeah. amazing. And the amount of support and encouragement and like 
everybody wants to take their pictures and you know and some guys are like why do we got to take pictures why do we got to do that and the girls are like let me take a hundred pictures and right. it's just totally a different thing and learning from each other um we have women of all ages that come on these trips so that some of the older women can teach some of the younger women or some of the more seasoned hunters can you know help uh, lend an offering hand things like that so yeah, yeah I, I totally agree with you though it's just it's it's just different. We need our weekends for many more reasons than one. Yeah. Yeah. We were, I was talking with, um, with someone from our, uh, Tennessee wildlife federation and they put together a, uh, fishing and hunting, uh, academy here in the state. And it's a great resource for people to utilize because it's for adults and youth. So depending on what class you pick, depending on what hunt you go on, it could be adults only, it could be open to families, or it could be open to youth. And they said they need more women volunteering as mentors because other women need to see other women in our field. They need to see that other women can do it. And uh, it makes a difference hearing somebody teach a class when you can relate to that person. It's different when you meet instructors for the first time or mentors for the first time. And within just a small amount of time, within hours, you've got to be out in the field, up in a tree or in a blind with a complete stranger for hours. And it's easier and more comfortable to do that with somebody you can relate with and feel safe with. And that's why like groups like Her Wilderness, groups like, you know, academies and and hunting groups that match you up with people that you can relate to, that you can learn from. It's so important. It's important to have men and women volunteering in those positions as mentors, because we need to be able to re- relate um, to each other, both men and women. And so, yeah, I, man, your your group has been catching the eye of a lot of people. And especially now that you're growing out of Minnesota and into other states and creating more opportunities that people don't necessarily have to travel that far when you are spreading it out like this to to get together with other women who hunt and have the same passion that they do. Right. Yeah. It's it and man, the power of social media. Like oh yeah. This company exists because like truly I'm like this company runs on Instagram. Like mm-hmm. if we didn't have Instagram, like we wouldn't have half the girls show up to all the events that we put on because that's where they're finding it. It's all on social media. And you know, what we do is we have a great waterfall hunt in Minnesota. We post a bunch of pictures and now we're hosting a waterfall hunt in Louisiana in two weeks. And then another one in Tennessee a couple weeks after that. And then one in, you know, and there's just, there's girls all over the nation that want to join in and be a part of the community that we've created, that other hunting groups have created. And, um, yeah, it's it's just amazing. Like you said, it's closing the distance between mm-hmm. the girls who genuine, genuinely share that same passion. Yeah. And that's what we aim to do. And between obviously going on the hunts, we have like a membership group on Facebook. So there's like 1,200 girls on there every day going back and forth about 
the upcoming trips or what gear to wear or what they prefer for rubber inflated boots and things like that. And it's just a great way to like a great resource to find information for girls who don't know and ask the quote unquote stupid questions they want to ask. And it's a safe place. I've, I have yet to see a negative comment in that group. I've yet to have like anybody truly have like a negative experience on any of our trips. Um, and there's girls that leave our trips that are like, friends and they literally hang out outside of our trips and right. they go hunting together outside of our trips and um that's really what we aim to do is just give you the opportunity to try something maybe you haven't tried mm-hmm. maybe try something that you love to do but also i mean the biggest thing for me in the sport is i want to connect with people that i can love and have fun with and right. call friends right. um, and that's exactly what we're doing and it's it's amazing to see it all come to fruition um uh, yeah, I'm just so excited to, we recently have added um, four other coordinators to our team. One is located in Pennsylvania. Um, one is located in Alabama. Um, we're One, I'm talking to a girl in Florida a little bit, maybe hopefully can get her on the team. But as we continue to grow like that and get these women involved in what we're doing, um, the mission just repeats itself over and over and over. And that's what makes my heart so full. And just to be able to reach the girls that are all over the place and that want the same thing and have no idea that it's even out there yet. Right. Well, and then take away, take away the worry of trying to find a guide that's trustworthy. Take away the worry of finding a place to be that is safe and affordable. Um, Like you, you can kind of take away all of those worries or anxieties and, and, put you into a group of women that are great women to hunt with in a safe place, in a place that is trustworthy um, for what you're going to be doing. And all of these different opportunities can open up to, like you said, hunt uh, hunt something that you've never hunted before or hunt in an area that you've never hunted before and meeting new people mm-hmm. along the way. So it's pretty awesome, Mackenzie, pretty awesome. I, I appreciate Yeah, you've, you've genuinely been there since day one, just silently cheering me out of the back, even though you're halfway across the nation. And I'm like, yes, girl. Yeah, I love it. A big supporter, big supporter. Um, well, tell us a little bit about this next year. COVID has kind of put a little bit of a damper on travel and things like that. But it seems to me that most places are still supporting hunters and anglers getting out there because it is a way that you can social distance. It is a way that you can still get out and feed your soul and feed your family and feed um, everything that you need to uh, to work out, whether it's just to be outside or it's to hunt or it's um, just to fill that need. So how how are you looking? What are the plans for 21-22? Yes. So, um, as I mentioned kind of previously in the podcast, I did end up quitting my full-time job. Yes, you did. This is what I do. I know it's crazy. Uh, it's, it's still kind of scary to even say that, but I did it (laughs) and here I am. Um, but I, so I quit my full-time job and Amy, I actually moved into a van. So I, yeah, I I got one of those like 2018 Ford transit vans and I had, um, a company that like creates fish houses in Minnesota kind of do the inside of it for me. Mm-hmm. And I've got like a bed in here and there's still some minor tweaks and stuff like that. Um, so 
2021 is going to be for me personally, a ton of traveling. Yeah. Um, but that is, you know, because of her wilderness, I'm going to be traveling to guide services. Like right now I'm at a hunting lodge in Texas. Um, we have not hosted a trip with them, but we will now Mm -hmm. that I'm here and, um, just kind of feeling different guide services out. Um, establishing connections and obviously attending the trips. Yeah. Um, so outside of her wilderness, I do photography, a little bit of videography. And so um, I, I'll, I'll attend some of these trips, not necessarily to hunt, um, but really just to kind of be there, spearhead things, make sure things are running okay. And of course, take some pictures and things like that. Right. Um, but for her wilderness as a company, we at this point have 32 trips planned for 2021. Awesome. Um, Hopefully we'll add a few more. I'm, I'd like to see like 45, 50 ish mm-hmm. by the end of the year. Now that we have new coordinators added to the group. And, um, I'm hoping at some point it will probably be early 2022 to get a her wilderness leadership retreat in the books. Mm-hmm. So everybody who works for her wilderness to be in the same spot at the same time. Yeah. And whether that means hunting or just hanging out and just getting to know each other. Um, because all of our jobs are remote. We all work from home and we plan these trips without ever meeting each other. And we just, we, we hope for the best, right? Like, yeah, that's just kind of how this world has worked. And many of the girls that are on the team, I've never met and would love the chance to meet them. So, um, but yeah, there's, I mean, like I said, the, the band thing is <laughs> definitely different. Uh-huh. Um, I've been enjoying it because my life is so chaotic that I can kind of just pick up my house and go wherever I want to go. Um, but yeah, so lots of traveling involved in 2021 for me personally, and even more and more trips involved for her wilderness. So we've got a lot ahead and um, we, the growth will just keep going as long as we continue to stay true to ourselves and true to our passion and um, continue to do what we're doing for the right reason. I love that. I love that you are, you know, most places, I don't, I have been on trips before where it's, you know, this is the first time we've ever used this person and I've had it backfire. You know what I mean? I've, I have dealt with a guide that I would never, ever use again. And, um, and so being able to kind of field that before utilizing is something worth doing. Um, sometimes there are people that I 100% trust, like I could call you up and say, Hey, I'm going here. What do you think? Um, but that's a lot of investment when you're thinking sometimes in committing to a trip where you don't know this service. And so getting in there and making sure that they are reliable people, that they are ethical, that they aren't going to steer anybody wrong, but also that they're going to produce something worth investing financially in to hunt. Um, right. That that all yep. goes hand in hand. Uh, they can be the nicest people, but if if you're not going to produce something out of a hunt, then what's the point in going right. um, and yeah. paying that money? Absolutely. Yeah. So fielding no, that is huge. That's the great thing about um, the relationships I have established with some of the guide services already, mainly located in Minnesota. Um, I could contact, you know, my waterfall guide in Minnesota and say, hey, here's three waterfall hunters I'm thinking of working with in Arkansas, Missouri or whatever. And 
chances are they know somebody who knows somebody who yep. gives them the green light or the red light. Oh, yeah. And um, the community of hunters is actually a lot smaller than people think. And um, a lot of people know of each other or nor know, you know, good things, bad things, whatever they are. And granted, not to say I'm going to write somebody off because, you know, they made a mistake. I'm the queen of giving second chances. Um, but I will do my research and I will call them. I will say, hey, me and my dog are going to come out and hunt for two days before, you know, I commit to a group of 12 with you. Things like that. Um, and yeah, being able to have the connections I do with the guide services that I do already. Right. They are huge. Like they screen for me, like, you know, step one. And then I go from there to phase two, phase three. And then all of a sudden we're like, yep, we're on a trip or nope, I'm going to go a different direction. Yeah. That's the benefit of having, you know, you've got this one big hunting community and then you've got this community of bird hunters, whether yeah. they're waterfowl or um, or whatever, turkeys mm-hmm. or, you know, anything. And then you've got big game and then you've got small game. Like you've got all of these different subsets. And like you said, guides know each other or they know of right. each other. So it's uh, it's definitely important to reach out to the guides that you trust and say, hey, I trust you. Tell me about this person. And it's a way of spreading not only um, truth and getting the right people for the right job, but it's also a way right. of supporting each other um, in that subset, in that community of saying, hey, we hunted with you. We're still going to hunt with you, but way over here in another state. Yeah. What, and if what do you suggest? And it's a way service, of getting each other's names like out there and, and doing that's just how the stuff are. that you want if, to do yeah, um, with the right people. Positive to say about another one. Chances are you're like, okay, that we can move forward with that. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so true. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, tell I know. So you've got a lot of trips that people can still sign up yeah. for so that people can Instagram still Facebook, go and look and sign up for and get onto, um, especially on for this next Facebook. year. LinkedIn, tell people how they can follow um, you and how they can get involved with her wilderness. Where's where you're going to see when registration opens, things like that. Um, and then we also mm-hmm. have a website where you register. So it's www.herwilderness.co, not .com, it's .co. And um, on there, you can go through, there's a tab right. that says upcoming events. There should be at least 30 events on there that you could look at right now. Um, we are selective on when we open registration. So you could see a trip on there, but it doesn't. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Absolutely. So we generally launch them on a Friday at 10 a.m. and by Friday at 5 yeah. p.m. Generally, they go. So, they get. Um, they get filled yeah, quickly, it, it, though. It's pretty <laughs> That's crazy why. how fast these things go. Um, but yeah, and you, you register right on the website. So there's a little register mm-hmm. tab. You pay your deposits on the website. You pay the second payment on the website. Things yeah. like that. Um, and you can see um, we have like online shop and merch. Um, we have a tab for Little Wilderness now that we just recently launched on there. So more information about that is coming soon, which I'm very excited about. Yeah. So, yep, we did a 
Little Wilderness is yes. completely a nonprofit, and basically it's the, it's modeling for wilderness, but just for children. So, Yes. Awesome. That's exciting. That's very exciting, actually. I just wrote that down. Um, Because, you know, I've got my little wilderness uh, here at the house. All my hunting and fishing Um, adventures on there. um, Awesome. And then they can follow you as well on Instagram, Mackenzie from Minnesota. I love to share that with people. Um, And so, yeah, anytime you're like, hey, I've never shot a sandhill crane, and I just talked about how there's differences of sandhill cranes, which I had no idea about, and things like that. So I'm all about spreading the love and spreading the knowledge and just showing off all the super crazy fun things that I get to do, I guess. So. Mm -hmm. Um, I can't wait. I'm following you. I'm following your um, your adventures in your van and uh, and where you're going to be going. So um, hopefully other people will as well. It's going to be a great year for you and a great year for her wilderness. And I'm excited to see if it grew that Thank much in so 2020 much. with everything going on, I can I'm only imagine how much um, it's going to grow in 2021. So I wish all the best for you guys. So. Yes. Thanks for having me, Amy. I really appreciate it. Yes, it will be a lot of fun. Mackenzie, thank you so much. Of course.